Welcome back to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. We have a special guest on this episode. Please welcome from the Dayton Daily News and Cedarville University, Jeff Gilbert. Jeff Gilbert's a freelance writer for the Dayton Daily News and a professor of journalism for Cedarville. Find out more about our special guest, Jeff Gilbert, after this ad break. Hi, this is Lee W. Mallon of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, here to talk about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. It's BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. The podcast talking local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio area sports. Listen on your favorite podcast platforms by visiting cindaypod.com. That's C-I-N-D-A-Y-P-O-D.com. Intro theme is Overdrive by Matrika from Upbeat.io. Here's your host, Lee W. Mowen. And here on the phone is Jeff Gilbert. Jeff, how are you today? Doing well, doing well. It's uh, enjoying the weather this week. Yeah, it's been pretty nice weather this week. Pretty uh, baseball weather. It's just a shame that the Dragons are on the road. <laughs> I know. I know. But uh, they'll be back next week, and it'll be interesting to see uh, see what they do. They've got some new – you know, they just made some made pretty big roster changes, and so it'll be interesting to see see where they go from here after sort of things not going well down the stretch of the first half for them. That was a tough way to end that first stretch, wasn't it? Just – up eight and a half games with 15 to go. And then I know it's, uh, I, I kept thinking like, okay, I'm going to be out of town when they clinch the first half. Hopefully somebody else can get there to cover the game. Or, uh, if they clinch on the road in Cedar Rapids, can I make, get on the phone with, you know, the manager and a player or something that next day and write something. And then it just kept going sideways for them. So, you know, that's, that's kind of baseball. I mean, you never know when you're going to be hot or cold and um, it's just too bad. You know, they were playing so well and, and winning so much to for it to just sort of disintegrate like that. That's, that's tough, but you know, they're in it for other reasons too. So we'll see what happens with the second half. Exactly. And there's one more playoff spot to go. So who's to say yeah. that Dayton can't lock that pot. Uh, right, right. They can win the second half. Maybe they'll be, maybe they'll be the comeback team and, uh, around the 1st of September. Who knows? That'd be really cool. So yeah. so let's begin. Where are you from? I grew up in this area. I, I'm from New Carlisle. I went to Tecumseh High School, and um, and then I took newspaper jobs. I went to Cedarville University for college and, um, and ma- actually majored in broadcasting with some journalism and a couple of journalism classes along with that, more of a broadcast nature. But writing is what I like to do. I started doing that some, and then I was able to get a job at a small paper in Virginia and spent spent a good number, you know, 22 years basically working newspaper work before I moved back to Ohio. And what was that process like, um, starting off with the small paper and then coming back up to your home area? Well, it was, it was interesting. You know, I, I started a paper – you know, about a 16, 18,000 circulation paper in a, and that covered some small towns in a rural area in, uh, in the mountains of Virginia, in the Shenandoah Valley. And so it was a beautiful place to live and everything. Uh, I was there like nine years. I always wanted to come back to Ohio. It was hard to, in that time, the newspaper business was uh, uh, very competitive in terms of trying to find job, you know, get new jobs and so forth. So nothing ever really panned out. I had interviewed a couple of times, uh, couple different things and then one reason or another didn't didn't work out i ended up down in roanoke at the roanoke times which is like one of the three big papers in virginia and i got 
um, ended up being sports editor there about four or five years. And then, um, I came back here, um, uh, to basically did a an overall career change, um, came back here to work at Cedarville and teach journalism. So they were starting a journalism program. I was on an advisory group when they were talking about starting it. I, they flew me in. I helped was in meetings and talking about what should a journalism program look like. So I was involved in that, um, process. And then several months later, uh, when they were looking for somebody to come in and teach, uh, the requirements were such that I qualified requirement wise when I hadn't before, because they were looking for some advanced degrees, but I said, Hey, I'll, I'll come and do it and get a master's degree, which is what they asked me to do. So I ended up getting my master's in 2014 I came, I came, I came back in 2009 to start teaching and, and then got finished my master's in 2014. And so that's, that's sort of the, you know, there's a lot of stuff to that, but, uh, of how that all happened, but that's, that's basically how it happened. And so I was happy to get back to where I'm from for many reasons, um, multiple reasons, uh, which including, since we're talking about sports here today was, you know, now I'm now I live and work in an area where, like, I grew up. All the teams I follow are here. I can see them on TV more often. You know, that's all. You know, go to games and follow them more closely than I could from you know three states away. So it's it's been a great move overall, and I've really you know really enjoyed being back in where I'm from. In your eyes, how did the sports seem different from Roanoke to the Dayton area? Uh. Well, in Roanoke, it's it's college, it's all college and high school, really, with some Redskins. Well, what used to be the Redskins thrown in, and NASCAR. NASCAR was huge down there. Um, but the Roanoke TV market had the highest NASCAR ratings every year. Um, um, it's TV ratings. Yeah. So, <clears throat> not in terms of viewers, but you know, in a rating sense. Uh, percentage wise. So, you know, we had a full-time NASCAR writer at our paper who, who traveled the circuit. Uh, we cut uh, Virginia tech is just down the road from, from Roanoke. So that was right there in our backyard. So we covered, you know, big time. I mean, we're talking, I started there late nineties. And then, so the Michael Vick era started in 2000 and, and then it really, so Virginia tech football was just huge. Um, in a sense, a little bit like Ohio state football is around here. And of course you got high school stuff and then university of Virginia, we covered them full time too. They're a little farther away outside of our coverage area, um, you know, within our footprint, but still obviously a ton of UVA fans in Virginia. So, so that was that. And, it, and here, you know, you've got, you've got more pro teams, mm-hmm. um, you know, you just do. And so with, with all that, that's kind of the difference. So if you look at, the front page on a normal day in Roanoke versus Dayton, similar size papers. Dayton's a little bigger market, but not a ton bigger. Um, you know, you're going to see more college, more kind of local, more maybe maybe the minor. There's a minor league baseball team there too for the with for the Red Sox in Salem, and and the high school stuff is going to get to that front page a little more often there than it does in Dayton. Dayton's going to be a little more. It's if it's Ohio State or UD basketball or or the Bengals or the Reds, we're gonna dominate the front page. High school stuff's gonna get out there when it's really big. We would put high school stuff on the front page more often there than than gets done here, and that's just that's just because there's more there's more competition for that space here than there was there. Let me ask. You mentioned you went to Cedarville uh, with a degree in broadcasting with some journalism mixed in there. What, yeah. was, what was the turning point that you knew you wanted to be a journalist? Um, that's a good question. Uh, well, when I was in high school at Tecumseh, we had a uh, uh, a journalism teacher. She had worked in newspapers for a long time before she got into teaching, and was in. She was like head of our English department at the at the at the high school, and she ran the journalism program there. He had a journalism class, and so I took. I was involved with the student paper, my last two years of high school. And I did a lot of writing. I wrote feature stuff 
on everything and, and including sports and sort of did a column. So I was very interested in it at that point. Um, college choices. I chose Cedarville for other reasons, not just what I wanted to study and broadcasting always interested me too. I kind of wanted to be in sports and I liked the broadcast side. I, I was interested in that. I was interested in writing. I was interested in both. So that's where I went. And then my junior coming out of my junior year, um, I'm like, you know, I like this part of it. Um, but I also like to write. And so I got a job. So my mind started shifting like, yeah, what do I want to really do? So I got a job at the Springfield new Sun. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy named Tim Busey hired me. He was a sports editor back then. And, uh, he worked with me and brought me in and I would go in on the high school nights and answer the phones and write up the little two paragraphs on the high school games and take the box scores. And so I started doing that. And then somewhere in, I started out with the fall with football season and then deep into the fall season, uh, he needed help with some coverage of some playoffs with soccer. So he sent me to a high school soccer game, Shawnee and Catholic central. And I'd never I, I'm not a soccer player. I didn't know very much about the sport, but something kind of important happened late in the game. And I was able to write something around that. And he gave me, you know, he let me do a basketball game or two. I did a couple things in the spring and I was like, I was pretty sold. I'm like, this is what I want to do. Uh, I'm really into this. So then I was able to get a job at a paper in Virginia. Um, and so happened the sports editor was a Cedarville grad as well. And through, you know, networking connections, I was able to get down there and interview and get hired. And so that, and then when I got into it full time, I'm like, yeah, this is where I, this is what I love to do. And so that's, that's kind of how it happened. You're currently with the Dayton daily news. What are uh, some of the teams and topics you cover? Well, you know, I've been doing the dragons now the last two, three seasons, uh, pretty full time beat beat guy for that because you know, when Mark Pendleton retired, he was the prep editor and he did the Dragons was this summer beat. And um, so he needed they needed somebody to handle the Dragons mostly in the summer. So I raised my hand for that and jumped into that. And I will add, if you go back to those days, that college job at the Springfield News Sun, there's some names you probably know that were on that staff. One was Mark Pendleton. Yep. Rob Aller, who's a columnist for the Columbus Dispatch now. Mm-hmm. And Doug Harris, who wrote for a long time for the Dayton Daily News, full time covered UD, covered Ohio State, and still still works now as a freelancer, like I do, on certain things. He covers a couple things. Um, so that was like a really. I look back at that. I learned a lot from those guys in that in that one brief year or nine months that it was. Um, so. Uh, high school coverage was real important in the in the the new sun it was in all my other jobs uh writing and stuff um that i did and so i when i came back here i reached out to the sports editor to the new sun and i said hey i'm I'm here in town i got some free time on occasion i'd be interested in like making a little extra money covering some high school sports so he hired me to do that so I've been doing high school sports for those for the Cox papers since 2009. That's mostly what I do. Like I said, I do the Dragons. I'll fill in, do it, pick up a UD game, pick up a couple of Wright State basketball games. If somebody can't be there that normally does it, Wittenberg, you know, just here and there, a little college stuff, but not never, not anything long term, but mostly high school. So I did high school stuff in Clark County for a few years. And then when Pendleton, Mark Pendleton retired like three years ago, I, they, and another guy came in to do Mike Cooper came back as a stringer to do, I wanted to do high school sports more in Clark County. I said, well, I'll do more of the Dayton area. So that's really what I cover now is heavily in the Dayton area, um, with sport, you know, with high school sports, mostly football and basketball. Um, those are the ones that generate most of the interests. That's where we put most of our effort into, um, but I've covered state golf tournament, you know, I've covered golf tournaments. I've covered, you know, certainly baseball, softball, a little bit. I've covered state soccer finals in Columbus, uh, cross country meets, you know, all that kind of stuff, but mostly football and high school basketball have been, you know, that's where I, that's where I spend most of my time. 
who's been some of your favorite athletes to cover or how about uh, what's been some of your favorite games you got to write about? Um, in this, in this area, in the last few years, I'll stick to that. Cause if I mention stuff from way back, you guys won't even, I mean, nobody, nobody here knows what that is. <laughs> uh, you know, um, really covering the Centerville boys basketball team the last two seasons has been, uh, a lot of fun. Um, you know, they won a state title. They came up just a little short this year. Um, I enjoyed that. The games were good. Um, I enjoy coach cups and, and, and talking to him and working with him and the kids on that team, you know, Brooke, uh, Gabe cups and, 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 and Tom house and rich Rolfe particularly have been fun to cover. Even you go back a couple of years before that, when they, before they got to stay a kid like Mo Jai, I really enjoyed talking to him. And so getting to know these, some of these kids, and uh, I mean, uh, you know, I like kids, uh, I coach too. I do some coaching, and so I'm, I like being around those. I just learn. I, I feel like I learned. I mean, here I am. I'm 57 years old. I feel like I learned stuff talking to a 17 year old. It's kind of weird, but those, they have different perspectives on life. They've been under different training than I have. And so I, I enjoy learning from them and just hearing their stories. So they, they were that that as a team has been good. Um, um, uh, it, when Trotwood boys won the state title, what, what's that been now? Four years. Yeah. Four years, with, five with years. Them. So. You know, Mari Davis was a senior. Um, I covered that state run and that was a lot of fun. Um, football games are just, there's so many football games that are, that are fun. There's so many storylines in football games. I can't even pick one out at this moment. Um, that, that I would say was, is right up there. There's just a lot of, uh, you know, I enjoyed, well, I always like to tell some of my friends, I said, you know, especially this past year with what Joe Burrow did with the Bengals is like, and when, and since he's won the Heisman, I'm like, yeah, I saw him play high school football as a sophomore. And, you know, they played Shawnee, Springfield Shawnee in a, in a regional game, I think over in the, over around Columbus, um, in the Columbus area. And it was a really close game and Burrow let, uh, let him down the field, uh, in the fourth quarter to, to beat Shawnee. And I'm like, this kid is pretty good. <laughs> you know, I'm like, he's going to play college ball somewhere and be good. Now I would be lying if I said he's going to win the Heisman and lead the Bengals to this, lead the team to the Super Bowl, But, you know, you could see he would, and and the more I think back about that, it's like, yeah, that sort of it specialness about him that we see, it, it was present then. It, it was really present then. So he's just to see him grow into what he's become has been pretty amazing. Um, you know, I like to do feature stories too. Mm -hmm. um, I did a story last fall on a, a volleyball player from Vandalia Butler who'd been adopted. <clears throat> um, and she was getting to know her, her, uh, her birth mom mm -hmm. and through the last year and her mom, her birth mom was coming to the volleyball games. And, and so her adoptive parents and her birth mom had developed a good relationship. And so just to that story of her, of that, of that volleyball player, um, she's going to play at Wittenberg. Um, cause she's, she's also a good player. She wasn't just a member of the team. Um, and so that's been, that, that was a good story. I did a story on a, a girl from Wayne high school a few years ago. She's, uh, she's on the track team at UD now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, what her name, Taylor and I, her last name escapes me at this moment. Um, but she's, she deals, she's dealt with lupus and things like that all her life. And so trying to be a good track athlete and deal with the sun, which is a problem. And all that is that was a really interesting, fun story to do. Um, the uh, and just there's just been other ones, but those those sort of those those sort of stand out to me as uh, some of the more um, you know fun stories, interesting stories to do to just tell that person's story in a way that hopefully people can connect to. I mean, you mentioned that Joe Burrow was good against Springfield Johnny, but you never thought, hey, uh, maybe one day he'll win the Heisman and maybe one day he'll right. lead the local NFL team towards uh, their first Super Bowl in quite some right. time. Yeah. I still think yeah. about that, too. 
and that's just right. that's crazy but it's it's awesome and i love yeah 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 you see you see people when they're young sometimes you don't really know i mean you know uh i saw i remember <clears throat> first time i saw centerville basketball when gabe cups was a freshman and i mean he was <laughs> he was such a little kid hmm. um as a freshman on that team and but was already running that team and I'm like, yeah, this kid's going to be good. Did I think he would be Mr. Basketball this year? No, I didn't predict that. But so that's as much as we try to predict about sports and that's fun and, 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 and look into the future. Um, one of the great things about sports is that it's so surprising. It surprises you every day. And so things happen that you're not expecting when you watch a game, when you hear news about a player, uh, you know, when you hear you know, just recruiting, the, you know, like Ohio State this past week signed two five-star, two more five-star wide receivers. I mean, I I followed them. I was following the recruiting a little bit, and I knew they were in on a couple guys. I thought, well, I hope that you know, it'd be great if they get one of those guys. They get both. So it, it just surprises you constantly. And so I try to take that to my reporting as well of when I cover a game or when I write a story about somebody. Um you know, something surprise, something that you, you, I always tell like my students, like, tell me something I don't know. Don't just rehash everything I already know or that I saw. What What is stuff that I don't know? And so, or surprise me with a story that nobody saw coming. Nobody would have expected that story. They expect a story off the last Dragons game, right? Yeah. But they don't expect... Like I did a story earlier this year on Ellie De La Cruz and Jose Torres and what good friends they are. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a fun story to do. And so the readers aren't expecting that. So if you surprise them with that, that's why sports is so surprising because there's so many stories under the surface that nobody ever hears. And when you sit around and you hear athletes tell stories, it's a lot of fun. So, so that was another <clears throat> back to my, you know, stories I enjoyed doing. I really, enjoyed sitting in the dugout one day and Jose translating for Ellie and them talking and having a good time. And I could really see how close those guys are. And so that was, that was, that was a lot of fun to do. So between teaching and writing for the paper, how much time do you spend in a normal week? Uh, Writing? Well, that's going to, it's a normal, (laughs) I don't know if there is a normal week. Um, yeah, that's true. Maybe, maybe the average. I mean, I write. I probably write an average of fifteen stories a month, mm-hmm. and so some months it might be more like twenty-two. Uh, like during basketball tournament time, high school basketball tournaments, and then mm-hmm. other months there might be six or seven eight stories to do just depending on the time of year. So this time of year, how much are the dragons in town determines how much I'm going to write. Um, I mean, I did write two stories this week. They made a bunch of roster changes. And so I wrote about that. And then I talked, I was able to get Sean Pender on the phone yesterday. Hmm. I don't know if you saw that story or not, but I was able to get him on the phone. He's the, you know, the minor league overseer for the, for the reds and just talked about some of these guys that have moved up and the new uh, Tyler Callahan who just came in, um, uh, from low a <clears throat> and just, so I was able to do, you know, knock out a couple stories this week without any games going on. So, you know, I did, I wasn't expecting to write anything this week until I found out, you know, they're making all these moves or sending like three guys up to double a and they're bringing in this top prospect, from low A and making all these changes. And so all of a sudden I go, you know, I have my summers off from, from school. So I'm not in class every day. So it gives me more time in the summer at times, but yeah, some of my, some of my days and weekends get pretty busy. Um, all our kids are out of the house. I have three daughters that are all grown, you know, two grandkids now. So, um, um, and, and we're doing some trying to do some, stuff with our house remodeling and different or some renovation stuff. And so the extra money is good. And so, so I'm out on the weekends, a decent amount. That's okay. Um, 
that's kind of what we're doing right now. And so, you know, I don't know how long I'll keep doing this to this level, but, but right now I'm, I'm still enjoying it. So I would say back to your question of a week. I mean, I'm writing, I probably write three to four stories a week on average. Um, some weeks it might be five or six, but some, and some weeks it might be one or two or maybe none. Like I was on vacation. I didn't do any obviously, but, um, but, uh, so there's, that's kind of how it goes, you know, and like the Pender story or whatever, I call him on the phone. I talk for 15 minutes. I spend an hour and a half putting the story together. So that's like a two hour thing. But if I go to a dragon's game, you know, and it's a three hour game, and from the time I leave home to the time I get home, it's about six hours. So, you know, that's, you know, a high school game is a high school basketball game is, is a shorter than a football game. So it all varies, but if I go out in the evening to cover something, hopefully I'm in bed by 11, 1130. <laughs> that's what, certainly, certainly by midnight, but I don't teach any early morning classes usually. So that helps. <laughs> that definitely helps. Yeah. 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 That helps. And of course it also helps when the season, you know, there's no high school sports going on at the moment, maybe football ramping up with two a days soon, but other than yeah. that, just the big, uh, ticket in towns the dragons and right getting ready to go into football season which how many football games do you get to see on an oh, average season well i go you know i go out every friday night so you, you figure the, the regular season is 10 weeks long um i might miss one friday night like we have a fall break at school <laughs> and sometimes we go out of town for that and if we do i have a daughter lives lives out of state um and you know eight eight hour drive away so if we decide to go see her then over fall break then i'll miss that one so nine or ten uh some there's you know they there's those thursday night games i've hit a one or two of those in addition so i'll probably see 11 or 12 regular season games between some saturday and and thursday night games and then the playoffs you know if i can be at friday and saturday night games um those weeks when they're doing, you know, Friday and Saturday games, then, you know, it just depends on how far teams are going to go in the playoffs, but I might see up to 15 or 16 games, probably 17 or 18 once or twice when you, you count all the playoff games. And you mentioned that you focus on high schools locally around the Dayton area. Right. Right. How, how far have you had to travel to cover one of these games? <laughs> Uh, let's see the farthest I've ever gone. I think I, I think it's probably Finley and that was for, that was several years ago. That was, a uh, uh, Kenton Ridge played. I don't even remember what school they played, but they played, it was like a regional final mm-hmm. back when they had Jaden Davis was a really good running back for that team. One of my favorite kids ever, one of my favorite kids to cover. He was really good. Um, and they went to, they was in Finley. Uh, I've been to Lima, been to Wapakoneta. Um, you know, playoff time, there's always a Sydney or Piqua trip or two um, in there. And so those are sort of the far ones. Um, but that's, well, I was almost going to go to Akron to cover Baden in the softball, in the baseball tournament this year, but then something else worked out and I didn't have to go. So I was kind of glad for that. <laughs> I was willing to go. It would have been pretty, he would have paid me more, you know, I would have made out okay. But it's like, ah, I really want to spend a weekend doing that. So, <clears throat> you know, the great thing about being a freelancer is you can, I mean, I can turn stuff down anytime I want. I don't very often. I mostly take whatever they ask me to do. And I, and I pitch stuff to them too, like especially feature stories. I'll say, Hey, I've got this story here I want to do. And I'm like, cool, that's good. Uh, I talk with the sports editor a lot about, you know, what games, what game you think this week. And I'll, I'll send, I'll say, well, I'm looking at these two games and then together we'll make those decisions. And if he needs me to do something extra, fill in for like, I filled in and Dave Jablonski who covered UD basketball had to be gone one weekend early in the season when they were playing a non-league Northern Illinois wasn't a big game. And so I covered that game. He said, Hey, you want to do this? I'm like, sure. Yeah. Any chance to go to UD arena? One of my, uh, I mean, UD Arena is like it's one of my favorite places in the whole world. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know 
it's know. a great it's a great college basketball palace. Oh, it's just I mean, I've been going I started going to games there in the 70s with my dad um, back when Jim Paxson played. And I mean, I've been to a lot of games there and the renovations have been great. I love that the high school state tournament is there. I hope we hope we can pack that place next year around here. So mm-hmm. if you're listening to this and you think about you like high school basketball at all. Go to the state tournaments. I mean, they had eight, nine thousand in there were their biggest crowds. Mm-hmm. That place should be full. I'd love to see that place full next year. Um, you know, especially if you get local teams playing. And I, I thought, I thought that maybe it's still COVID hangover. I thought maybe the Centerville game would state final might pack the place out. But problem, I think one of the issues with that was it was a Sunday night game at like eight thirty. So that's not a good time for that. Yeah, uh, that that might have hurt the crowd a little bit, but. Um, yeah, I'd love, I love to see that. And, um, you know, and, and, and UD games are, of course we know that those are, those are a lot of fun and talk about a team I'm looking forward to seeing play next year. That team is going to be really good. Men's and women's too, especially with yes. Mika Williams Jeter taking the UD job. Yeah. 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 They'll both be really good. I saw the other day, somebody, some early prognosticators, um, had already predict predict UD will be a five seed in the tournament next year, and I and I had said top. I said I said I had said a couple months ago. I was talking to a friend about it. I said, "Oh, they're going to be low. They're going to be so good. They they could be a top four seed next year in the tournament." And so I feel pretty good about that prediction. When Lenardi or somebody came out and said, you know, looking at him as a number five, so that's that's really good. And the um. Yeah, they're 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 loaded with talent. Absolutely. Now it's just hoping that you know they play to their full ability and injuries avoid them because I know that hurt them a bit in the uh, A10 tournament this past season. Yeah. Let me ask this: What's some of the nicest compliments you received on your journalism work? <laughs> now that's a that's interesting. Um, well, I've won some awards, and that's always feels complimentary over the years. Just some state competitions and stuff like that. But, uh, um, you know, when I, I left my first job in, uh, in Virginia, um, the, uh, uh, football, the, the town we were in, I was, I lived in Strasburg, Virginia. Nobody's probably ever heard of that. It's in the Shenandoah Valley and they had their, they were small school, the high school there was in the small school division, but they were one of the perennial powers in the state. And the guy that the, the coach for that team was just one of my favorite people ever. Mm. You know, you could, you could ask a question and he would answer for 15 minutes. Um, you know, he, he was just, he always had plenty to say and he was down to earth and good. And so when I, when I left that job, I was there nine years and I covered this team they went to like five state finals and lost the ball. I mean, they just could never, they could never get over the hump. Uh, but in that nine years, I think, I think it was like five state finals. They played in small school and it, it just could never win it. And so I knew his wife just a little bit, you know, enough to be friendly and say hi and acquainted. And, you know, when I, when everybody, when the word got out that I was leaving there to go to Roanoke, you know, she sent me a real nice letter or note just thanking me for all the coverage and everything I'd I'd given to the team and, and, and dealt with her husband and and, and so forth. I mean, covering high school sports is different than covering pros. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the pros are getting paid, you know, it's fine. It's fine to question them and be critical of them. High school kids. uh, I'm not going to be critical of high school kids. Um, You know, if high school kid quits the team, Unless he's a big star and it's obviously noticeable, it's probably not going to be mentioned. And what's the point? Or or he gets in trouble or whatever, you know. But big time star, all state kid, yeah, you got to deal with that. And, you know, people need to know something about that because there's a like a wonder what's going on. But so just covering high school, that's one thing I've enjoyed about that. And so she, that was nice. And then you know, just over the years, just people say nice stuff to you. But um, I just. You know, um, I won't, you know, I don't know if I should mention who, but, um, a 
play uh, a coach and a player from a local team um, a couple months ago uh, sent me some like thank you notes for just everything I'd done for them and just, you know, being fair and what I did and so forth and so on. And just, so that was those handwritten notes you get mm-hmm. mean a lot. I mean, I, I, I say, I got a stack of them, not a big stack, just a, a very small stack, but you know, I, I just keep them in a envelope or in a drawer somewhere. And it's just, those are nice. And so that, that kind of stuff, um, just has been, has been good. Now, we kind of touched on this already, but with high school sports going on and collegiate sports as well, would you agree that between the fall and the winter side is the most busiest time for you? Yeah, it is. Cause you know, the, the football keeps you busy. Cause I, I'll write, you know, I'll go to a game on a Friday night, but also it may be a Thursday or maybe a Saturday, depending on the schedule that week, which like I said, there's usually two or three of those a season, but like during the week, I'll write, I've been trying to write two stories like during the week, like uh, something for the Friday paper about a big game and then something probably by Wednesday, um, possibly uh, a notebook type of thing where, you know, things about two or three different, three or four different things, or maybe a feature story um, about somebody. And so I stay busy on that. And then I do, I did, I've not covered state cross country, but I've covered it up into that. And so, you know, those Saturdays are long Saturdays uh, going out to some of those. So I like to do some of that. Um, so that stays pretty busy. I mean, I also <laughs> think I'm crazy. Sometimes I think I am crazy. Um, cause I, so I'm, I'm doing that. So I'm teaching and, you know, and, and I'll spend July here getting ready a good part of July and the first part of August, really getting ready for my, for my teaching schedule in my classes. And then, um, but starting August 1st too, I coached a golf team at a Cedarville high school. So, okay. you know, I'll be busy with that. Uh, we don't do anything on Fridays, so I'm able to do the Friday night games, but, um, you know, so I'm out every evening with that. And so getting my ready for my classes is important. It helps me manage my time through there. Um, <clears throat> that ends, you know, golf season ends by, by the end of September, I'm done with that. So then it lets up a little bit in October, November, you get into playoffs and then basketball starts, but I also coach middle school basketball. So I don't, I don't, I don't get to go out um, as much as I would um, like to for high school basketball mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm coaching um, seventh graders. And so, and they, and we have to practice kind of later, you know, we don't get, we don't, the guy I coach with has a regular type of job. Mm-hmm. So we can't practice right after school. So we tend to go like six, six thirty. So sometimes I get out to games. Sometimes I don't, uh, we have our own games, but, um, obviously on other nights of the week than Friday, but, uh, but I get out to as many as I can try to do some feature stuff, make some phone calls, write up some stuff, try to follow what's going on, boys and girls. It's, it's hard. If I didn't, if I wasn't coaching, I would probably write three times as much basketball as I do but I'm not willing to give up the coaching because I just enjoy that a lot. I enjoy the kids and my friend that I coach with, we've been doing it now for seven, eight years together. This will probably be our seventh year, maybe eighth. I can't, I lose track. I mean, we just have a great time doing it together. Um, and we just really enjoy it. So, and you know, the Cedarville high school program has gotten pretty good here lately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we had all these kids in the early grades and, so we feel like we're a part of that bigger program and developing these kids and getting them ready to for high school ball and so forth. And, and a couple of them have moved on to play college ball now that since that we've coached in middle school. And so, you know, it's, uh, that's really rewarding. So, um, I, I would do more basketball and sometimes I wish I could, but I like the coaching part too much right now to to give that up. It may change someday. We'll see. But for now, uh, I really enjoy it. 
How did you get into coaching? You mentioned you enjoyed it, but what yeah. was that first step into it? Well, that's an interesting story. So, uh, you know, I, I played basketball in high school. It wasn't that good, uh, but I played it and I loved it. And I like learning about the game. So back in, I think it was probably in 2000 mm-hmm. when I was living in Roanoke, um, a, uh, um, a guy that I started um, a sports program for homeschooled kids in the, in that greater Roanoke area, which is a metro area of about, you know, 220 to 25,000 people, probably something like that. So it's a big area. Mm-hmm. And, uh, cause we, we were homeschooling our kids at the time, our daughters, and they were, they were pre-high school then they were, I mean, they weren't even in, they were, they were preteen at that time. And so, uh, he started his program, was looking for coaches. I said, Hey, I'd be, I like to help with basketball. I've always been interested in, in coaching. I'd helped a friend do youth league stuff a couple of times, you know, rec league stuff, nothing serious. And, uh, so I said, I'd like to get involved in that. So me and a couple of guys said, well, we'll, 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 we'll take over this varsity JV boys basketball program that's getting started here and we'll figure it out. Well, one year into it, I was the only one left. The other two guys bailed. And so that first year we won, like, did we even win? We won one game. Mm. The next year we won four or five. In the next couple of years, then we got to become like a 500 team. We were playing like a small, like Christian school schedule, mm-hmm. so to speak, for the most part. Um, you know, uh, and, and so, um, so I did that for a few years and then coached some girls because I, I moved out of that into girls because I had daughters, did a little bit of that. And then I was out of coaching for a number of few years until we moved, you know, we moved here. And um, and then once the opportunity, uh, the golf thing came up because that's just another long story. I won't get into that. But I've been doing that for like 12 years. Um, and then the basketball thing. They needed a somebody and the AD said, Hey, you've done basketball, right? I said, yep. He says, we need a seventh grade coach. And I said, I'll do it. it looks, sounds like fun. So, you know, uh, I don't know that I would ever want to coach any higher level. If I did, I'd have to give up a lot of this other stuff, but, um, but right now it's just, I enjoy doing it. So, um, and I have the time, uh, you know, the, the teaching schedule. Uh, I mean, I still have to put in plenty of time on that. It's not like I'm only working two out, two hours a day teaching, you know, so nothing like that, but at the same time, it's flexible enough that, you know, you can put in a lot of time in your grading and stuff one day and the next day you might not have as much time for it cause you got a game or whatever, but you know, then the next day you don't have anything else to do, but work on, you know, so you, you put in an eight you put in a 10 hour day, so to speak, getting stuff graded and so forth. So it all, it all balances out. The flexibility of it is what's nice. You know, it's not a nine to five type of job teaching. So it's got to be there for your classes. You got to meet with your students when they want to meet with you. And then you sort of juggle your other time around. And it's so far, it's been working out for me for a number of years. And so I'm just going to continue to do it, I think. And, um, you know, until, God tells me to do something else, but for now, that's what I like doing. Jeff, what are some of your favorite things about the local sports scene? Hmm, good question. Um, I like the variety of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's great having a minor league baseball team. Uh, it's great having, um, you know, uh, the pro teams that we have uh, in Cincinnati as well. Um, you've got, Ohio State, which is big for everybody, a lot of people around here. The UD basketball is just wonderful. I, I've been a fan, you know, I've grown up, grew up as a fan of them. I think that's a good part of it. Um, I think the the high school scene is is good. Um, I think um, we've got a lot of talent in this part of the state, and I think uh, I think that's 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 fun i mean i think it's just the variety of it is really i mean <clears throat> if you like you know right state has has been successful in some sports and so they're 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 entertaining to watch at times and different things 
Um, if you live in Springfield, you got Wittenberg, if you want to be smaller, smaller schools, you know, so there's just so many different things. I mean, even in the high school, you've got the variety of, you know, you got the G walk, right. You know, you got all these big schools and division one athletes. And then, you know, then you can go to the, the OHC or the CBC or leagues like that, SWBL and, and see smaller schools, but it's still just st- still can be just as, as entertaining and fun to watch. Um, and, and, and just as good as stories to cover. Um, the best stories aren't just the big time, the, the biggest, the best, the best, the good stories to write sometimes are, you know, a soccer game that 50 people went to and you got a great story out of it. So it, it it's the variety of it. I would say. Mentioned a lot of different sports on here, but are there any sports you're a big fan of that people might be shocked to hear about? Huh? I don't No, I mean, I, I don't think so. <clears throat> I think I'm, I'm pretty traditional, hmm. you know, football, basketball, baseball, uh, golf. Um, I mean, I was a, I used to be a boxing fan, you know, when I grew up, you, you know, you could watch a lot of boxing like the big stuff. And then when it went all pay-per-view and, you know, and then in the last 15, 20 years, it just has sort of dropped off. Uh, I got to cover a little boxing back in the day, which was fun, but that that's another, that's a sport that I like. I'm not really, not really into hockey, uh, uh, you know, or soccer or things like that. I mean, I can cover it. I know enough about it to write about it interview people and tell the stories, but no, there's not some, it's not like I'm into curling or, uh, anything, you know, odd like that. Um, so, but I'll, I will watch just about anything if it's, you know, if if it's the right time or I would go watch just about anything. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing odd. Okay. What would you like to see in the future in Dayton, Ohio, in the sports side and also in the media side? Huh. Well, <laughs> media side, I mean, uh, we, I think um, from my perspective of writing, you know, we're writing for the Dayton Daily News, which is which is funny. Um, you know, I grew up reading that paper in the Journal Herald and so forth back in the day. Mm-hmm. And because they, they had all the teams I loved in it, you know, all the teams I followed growing up, they wrote about, they covered, they were there. So you got lots of great stuff, you know? Um, and so, and how McCoy's still writing red stuff to this day. Um, <clears throat> so I think it would be, it's, it's like the whole journalism industry is, there's not enough people doing that, doing the journalism anymore. And, th- and that's an economic, those are economic factors that have taken place. That's a whole big other discussion of why this has all happened. Uh, and so just more, more, more people. It'd be nice if we had a bigger staffs of people to do things. That's what, that's what media needs more than anything. You, you can't, your quality you know, you can have good people and have good quality, but quantity, you need more quantity. Um, that would be my hope. I don't know that that can happen in the, in our economic climate, um, in the, in the, in the industry. Um, but that would be what I'd want to see. Um, what was the other part of your question? Uh, the future in sports in Dayton, would you like to see certain sports come back to gem city, arrive in the gem city? Um, so we don't have a hockey team right now, right? We do not. And we you don't know. have a hockey barn either. And we don't have a what? We don't have a hockey arena either. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's no place to play. Yeah, since uh, Hair Arena collapsed, right? Yep. So, um, I mean, like I said, I'm not a hockey guy. But for the people that love hockey, um, that would be good for them. Um, but I, I like the fact that, that the Dragons have moved up to high A. I think that helps. Yeah, I think um, 
I I, th- I think that the, some of the, like the state high school tournament being in town, I would love to see them be able to keep that. Not, you know, it's what a three year contract, I think right now where we've got two more years of it. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see that extended. Um, you know, I think it's good for the city. Um, and you know, it's half the drive for me to go Dayton to Columbus. So I can be the UD arena in 30 minutes. It takes me an hour to get to the shot, you know? So, uh, that's just, that's just, that's just me being selfish, but, uh, uh, but still, I like it being there. Um, I think, you know, the first four needs to stay there. These kind of, I don't know that we need more teams, but this sort of event type of stuff I think is important. Mm-hmm. Having the first four, um, having state tournaments. Um, I, I tell you one thing, ba- high school tournament wise, particularly basketball that I miss um, from back in the, back in the old days. And it's not, I don't think it's going to change uh, because economically it's probably working for a lot of these high schools and they don't want to give it up. But, you know, I don't know if you remember how far you go back and thinking about this, but you know, when I was young, you, you could go, you would go to the same place every night of the week and see different divisions play, you know, like I grew up near Troy. So we would go to Hobart and, you know, one night it'd be a double A teams. And the next night, and back then it was a double A and triple A and you'd have triple A teams another night, or you might have a mixture on the same night. You could go like four or five straight nights and see to the same place and just see different teams from the, around the area. Now you got to go, you know, I got to go to Butler to see this division. I got to go to Northmont to see this division. I got to go to Springfield to see this. I got it. You know what I mean? Like one centralized site. For it would be, you know, and yeah. And why is, why is D four regionals, why districts at UD and then D one is like at Vandalia Butler. I mean, does that make sense? Mm, you know, why, really. why is it, why is it, I mean, and nothing is Butler. Cause I, I, that's a good facility. Mm-hmm. Jordan Shoemaker, the AD, there's a, a friend of mine. I enjoy, I, I, I like Jordan a lot. He does a great job. I know that, I know that, um, I don't know the figures or whatever, but that's a big financial boost for them to be able to host all that stuff. Yeah. And the same would be true for any of the high number of high schools around the area from Brookville to Springfield and, you know, and everybody in between that hosts stuff. It's a big, it's a big deal for them. They make, they make, they make good money doing that. And so I don't, but just to, you know, I, you know, to go to UD three straight nights and see districts of one, two, and three, you know, I mean, I know that well, no, the district finals for division one were at, um, they're, they're, they played those at uh, what you see this past year. Yeah. But it's the regionals then. I think it's the regional level that's sort of shifted back to some of the high schools. And it's like, you know, the Southwest District is saying, hey, these district championships are huge. We're going to put these in big arenas, right? So they go to UD, they go to Cintas, they go to UC, places like that, and play these big Division One, these big boys district finals. And that's cool. Uh, you know, regionals are at Trent, they're at Vandalia, they're at Springfield. It's like, okay, that's fine. It'd just be, and I don't think that's not going to change. It'd just be, you know, and maybe those are the best places for them because, uh, you get the crowd for it and, and so forth. The other thing I'd like to see is I think crowd, I think crowds are down from what they used to be, you know, hopefully people would just go more. I think that would help. Um, I think flying to the hoop is a good thing. Uh, Speaking of events, I've been to, I've covered that heavily the last three years. Um, Enjoyed. uh, I mostly write about the local teams, the teams that come in from outside the area, the big all-star teams, you know, with all the D one guys, I think they sell a lot of the tickets, but um, you know, I don't, I still, in the end, I don't think people around here know too much about those teams and they're not really willing to read about it. So we just sort of focus on the local teams when we get there, but you know, those kinds of things, more special events, I think would be, would be the kind of thing. Um, I don't know if we're saturated on that now or not, but, uh, I don't have a, I don't have a need for like a minor league basketball team or, or whatever, because, 
I, I just don't. Now, maybe some people do, but I, I don't really have, I don't feel that need. I understand. For well, those, the, those that want to get into sports journalism, what advice can you share? <laughs> don't. <You're> crazy. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, you know, read a lot. Um, one thing I find with some of my students is like, do you guys read the news? And they're like, no, not really. I mean, they probably do more than they think they do. Yeah. You know, they're, they're clicking a link on social media somewhere and reading something. They don't, you know, they'll watch it. Maybe I'm like read the news, read the kind of stuff you're interested in writing. Like I get, I would, I've always got a student or two that's interested in the sports. So I'm like, well, who, what teams do you follow? Do you read about them? I, I totally encourage them to read it. And, and and as you're learning things in class about how to write well and how to tell stories, because I think of myself as a storyteller more than a writer. That's what I try to do. Mm-hmm. That's what I try to encourage my students to do. I'm like, you know, look, at, pay attention to how they're doing it. And then put that into practice a little bit. You know, you, it's okay to be a bit of a, a copycat and try to emulate what some other people are doing. You're not gonna, that's not plagiarism. You're just, you're just trying to find tech, you know, ways to do things, how to tell stories and, and, you know, learn from that and try to just tell your story. Um, you know, it's in terms of sports journalism, um, the nuts and bolts are always there. Tell me a story you know, like I'm going to write a game story on a football game and I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you who the leading rusher was. I'll probably give you some passing stats. I'll tell you who scored some, some of the touchdowns. I'll give you their records and so forth. That's just a list of facts. So don't just list the facts. (coughs) Excuse me. What's the story behind all that? So that's where you have to get and interview people and talk to people and so forth. And I will say this too, if you feel like, oh, I'm way too introverted to do that, then I don't agree with that because I'm, I'm as about as introverted as you can get. And I do this, right. And I'm sitting here talking to you, of course, we're on a phone. So, you know, I don't that there's a little, there's less intimidation talking over the phone than in person, I think. But yeah, uh, but but it's like if I can do this, then anybody can, you know. Um, and so that's just a, a it, don't let that hold you back because I get students sometimes that that way. It's like, oh, I'm being no. I feel like I'm so nosy. I just want you know, I'm asking people questions and I'm I'm nervous about going and talking to them. I said, well, that's okay. Just do it. You'll, you'll get used to it. I said, I tell them there are times when I'm at an event and I've got to track down somebody to talk to who I've never met before. And once in a while, I get that little pang of anxiety and they're like, oh, I'm going to have to talk to somebody I've never talked to before. You know, and I'm in my I'm almost 60 years old. Well, you know, it was worse when I was 26 and 25 years old than it is now. But it still happens once in a while. And I said, that's normal. Just, just go do it, go do it and find a good place, find a good school that you want to go study it at and learn how to write and learn how to tell stories and, and learn how to get the story. That's the biggest thing. It's one thing to be able to write, to be a good writer. Um, you have to be a good reporter too. You really have to be curious. You have to ask questions. You have to, big for information and you got to get people to tell you stories and tell you how they feel about things. And if you can do that, when you, once you start understanding how to get people to open up a little bit, um, which isn't always easy, mm-hmm. but if you can get there with people, you'll get, it'll be, it'll be better. But the other part of it is, and I tell my students this all the time, this journalism, whether you're a news writer, a sports writer, an entertainment writer, a food critic, I don't care, you know, movie critic, I don't care what it is you're doing. You're not going to sit here in my class for the next 15 weeks and walk out a polished writer. You know, you're not going to go through four years of college and be a polished writer. 
you're going to, you're going to make progress. But what makes you a polished writer is writing and writing and writing and writing. It's a practice. I think writing is an art and a practice. Um, you know, they, they call it a law practice and a medical practice for a reason, mm-hmm. because and when you practice medicine, you practice law because you're always learning and trying to do it better. And so writing is the same way and reporting is the same way. The more you do it, the better you'll be at. So I also um, advise the student. We have a student like newspaper or magazine. Actually, now we do publish like once a semester, but we have an online site too that we write for a lot and i just try to tell them i push them and push them i mean write for that do as much as you can every time you write a story you get just a little bit better so keep pushing to do that and that will pay off down the stretch down the road that you'll get better at it and if you if you don't you won't so the, the people who come to college and focus only on their grades and their classes and their social time and don't do the co-curricular things of writing on the side of whether it's freelancing like I do or writing a lot for a school paper or something like that, you're not going to be as ready. It's going to be harder to get a job because employers, if I, an editor that I might interview with, they're not, they don't really care what my GPA was, you know, they care you've given that you've submitted three or four samples of things you've written and they care a lot more about how that reads and how good they, the potential they might see in that than what your GPA was. And that's just a fact. And I, and it's funny to say, you know, here you are an educator and you're talking about some things being more important than your grades, but I really think it is. That doesn't mean grades aren't unimportant. It's just, you know, if, experience. If experience matters a lot, and and you get the experience by, you gain more experience by writing and doing the, the, those things than you do taking tests, and that's part of it. You have to do that. You have to go through that, but don't just think because you have a degree somebody's going to hire you. It's it's not a it's not a it's not a given. So anyway. That's my, uh, I'm done preaching now. I like that piece of advice though. So thank thank you, Jeff. Yeah. How can people follow you and your work on social media, Jeff? Uh, well, I, I mostly use Twitter, um, at J W underscore Gilbert, uh, is my Twitter handle. And I, you know, I tweet updates from games I'm at and I retweet and I, I, I push, you know, I always tweet out anything that I publish, uh, plus other things that I see of interest to people, but I, I really use Twitter for my, for my writing and stuff. I don't really, I don't ever, I hardly ever do use Twitter for anything outside of that. So if you follow me there, um, you know, you'll see the links to the stuff I write. You'll see updates from games I'm at and so forth. And some games I can do more than others update more because one of the things that happened in recent years, I have to take pictures now. So I'm busy taking photos during games. And so I've learned to be a halfway decent photographer. I won't, I won't say good, but halfway decent over the last few years, just learning how to do it. So, um, so I'm busy with that too. So anyway, but that's how you can follow me. Jeff, thank you so much for your time today and look forward to seeing you at a future dragons game. Yeah, I'll be there. They're at home next week, right? So yep. uh, I don't know if I'll be there on the 4th, but uh, I'll definitely be there Wednesday and through the rest of the week. So it sounds appreciate, good. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate talking about this stuff. It's, it's, it's fun to do. So no thanks problem. again for your time. No problem, Jeff. Thank you for coming on. And that'll do it for this episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. We'll talk to you again next time. Thank you for listening to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. Be sure to bookmark Cindaypod.com, spelled C-I-N-D-A-Y-P-O-D, the official website of the podcast. You can find your favorite ways of listening to the local Sunday Sports Podcast, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Amazon Music, the iHeartRadio app, and many more. You can also purchase merchandise from Tee Public and Redbubble 
to help support the podcast. Follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pod, and the host at the Lee W. Mowen. The closing theme is Cosmopolitan from Pecan Pie on Upbeat. This is Lee W. Mowen signing off another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Thank you for your continued listenership and join me on the next episode.